0: Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection Podcast with conversation highlights from The Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news information and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. At the 2021 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Dallas, I had the chance to sit down with John Sorensen of Evangelism Explosion International and the radio feature Share Life Today. In that overall conversation, he discussed how God is moving through the work of evangelism, bringing people to a saving knowledge of Christ through one-on-one conversations. You'll be hearing from that chat coming up. And in advance of the National Promise Keepers gathering in Dallas, with thousands of men coming together in person and online to be strengthened and challenged as Christian men, I had the chance to talk with the Southeast Regional Director for Promise Keepers, Paul Benjamin, Some of his comments relative to the importance of fathers are ahead. And on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, also at the 2021 National Religious Broadcasters Convention, I had a chance to sit down with filmmaker Stephen Kendrick. In our conversation, he shared about a new documentary on the power of fathers that is being released, and he previewed an updated version of one of the Kendrick Brothers films that hit theaters 10 years ago. You'll be hearing from him coming up. Finally, on this edition of The Intersection, she is a well-known pro-life leader who started speaking out for the unborn when she was in high school. Lila Rose of Live Action shared about her passion to save our culture by saving the lives of unborn children and ministering the love and hope of Christ. This is The Intersection, of production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. John Sorensen is president of Evangelism Explosion International and speaker on the radio feature Share Life Today at Faith Radio Meetinghouse Media Central at the 2021 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Dallas. He shared about the power of one-on-one evangelism and how people are won to Jesus through personal conversation.
1: Here now from NRB 2021 is John Sorensen. This is the most important question I've ever been asked in my lifetime, and here it is. Uh, suppose you were to stand before God this very night and He were to say to you, Bob, why should I let, let you into in. my heaven? Yeah. What would you say? And again... You know for the listeners you might be thinking about that right now and um so i'm hesitating to say the answer too quickly i want you to give you a little bit yeah seriously let's pause for a moment think about that what would be your be your answer so you're up in front of heaven in front of the pearly gates god says for what reason should i let you into my absolutely perfect heaven uh what would what would your answer be and i can tell you what my answer was uh 35 years ago i said well, I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. I'm trying to do good things. I hope the good things that I do outweigh the bad things that I do. It's a scale kind of a thing. Now, by the way, Bob, if, if you're awake, um, you know, that's 51%. That's 1% better than you know, 50%. And you can't get out of kindergarten with a 51% grade. And yet that was my plan for getting into heaven for eternity with almighty God. And this man just uh, chuckled a bit. And he said, John, I've got the greatest news that you've ever heard. And he shared with me how, why that cannot be the right answer. And and, you know, there's lots of reasons, certainly the sin in my life and the standard that God has in His very nature. And and then it points us all to the cross work of Jesus Christ, what He did on the cross. He died on the cross, He rose from the dead to pay the penalty for sin and to purchase a place for heaven in me. For me and for, for all those who will believe. Now, Bob, I actually knew all that before I was not a Christian. What I didn't understand was that to become a Christian, I had to actually place my trust in Jesus and in the work that He did. And that's why that second question was so important. We got to the end of, of what this man presented to me, and I, I agreed. Jesus died, He rose to pay and purchase, and, and I. But I didn't have it yet, even though I knew about it, because I had never decided to put my trust in Jesus and him alone. And and the illustration that he used, it's a real simple one for the listeners that are uh, uh, listening to the show. There's a chair over here to my left, and it's unoccupied. Well, in this conversation, Tom looked at me, and there was a chair in his office as well, and he's pointed at it, and he said, I'll ask you the question, Bob, do you believe that chair is real? Do you think it exists? Absolutely. Yeah, it does. I mean, unless you're going to have some existential conversation about matter, (laughs) you know, it exists. Now, do you think it would hold me if I were to sit there? Certainly. And it, it would. Now, why isn't it not holding me right now? You're not sitting And see, this is the there, truth. Yeah. It's a, such a simple idea, and yet that is the most profound truth. And, and so then I'm going to equate that t- chair to Jesus. Uh-huh. There are many people who know Jesus exists. They even believe that he would save them, but that's not where they're sitting. So when I gave my answer a little while ago, and I said, well, I'm a pretty good person, and I try not to do too much wrong, and I hope that I, the good things I do outweigh the bad things I do, I'm talking about a particular person. I repeatedly used a pronoun, I... I, I, I had a savior. His name was John. And so it's like, there's two chairs. There's one that's John. There's one over there. That's Jesus. And for me to be saved, I literally had to get up out of the chair of trusting in myself and the things that I've done. And I had to go over and put my trust in Jesus and his work and nothing else. And I tell you what, Bob, I was 26 years old. I had been around the church my whole life. I was one of those people who had you asked, are you a Christian? I would have said, sure. sure, I'm a Christian. Why, why would I say I'm not? And yet that decision to put my faith in Jesus and him alone radically changed my life. I today have an A life and a B life, uh, the before Christ life and the after Christ life. And, and, and it is so distinctly different that it, there's, you can't even compare them. I wouldn't trade a day of the after uh, Jesus life for a day of the before life. I wish I'd have come sooner, but by God's grace, I came when I was 26 and it changed my life. And, and here's the thing. I've had the privilege and joy, as part of the Ministry of Evangelism Explosion, to share that with literally tens of thousands of people worldwide, and I've seen just thousands and thousands of people take that decision, to, to put their trust in Jesus. And not just 20 years ago, this is happening right now. I took a team out Saturday in Dallas, led a young a gentleman to, to Jesus in a laundromat by the name of Jefferson, and watching him, watching the expression on his face, as he accepted Jesus Christ, Bob, I'll never get tired of that. Oh, that is wow. the most fun we get to have as Christians. This side of heaven is leading others to Jesus.
0: John Sorensen here on The Intersection. You can learn more through sharelife.today. Next up on this edition of The Intersection podcast, it's Paul Benjamin, the Southeast Regional Director for Promise Keepers and founder of the Central Florida Dream Center, Life Sitters Global, and Positive Influencers. In a recent conversation, he discussed the epidemic and effect of fatherlessness and emphasized the power of the church to address it in their communities. He is the author of a book entitled No Child Without a Dad. Here now from that conversation is Paul Benjamin.
2: This is a time when our nation, as we see what's going on, the crime and violence everywhere, and you and I know that 90% of those crimes are committed by fatherless young men. So we're calling men to stand in the gap, to really model the heart of the Heavenly Father, because He's the ultimate Father of the fatherless. And so I appreciate the time to share. And as we challenge men for promise keepers, we're asking them to just bring a fatherless young man with them and to see what God will do as they begin to stand in the gap to these young men and and women in our nation. Mm. What I teach in the book are principles how to respond, not to react. And that is to launch what we call impact centers within your community. Nehemiah said, if each man took care of the wall in front of his own home, we can begin to restore our city. Well, if each church could begin to launch an impact center and take care of the one mile within their facility, we could begin to see crime reduce. When we launched the center in, in the Sanford, Orlando area, we saw crime drop by 50% the first year. And every crime that's committed, it's typically one mile from a church building. And that church is oblivious to what's going on within their own community. So if we begin to activate the church to be the body of Christ, to stand in the gap, in this evil day, we can see the crime and these problems quickly mitigated when the church becomes the true arm and feet of Jesus Christ.
0: Well, we recognize, and I talk about this on the air, the place to which God has called us. We have been called to live in a city or in a community, perhaps in a rural area, whatever the case may be. You're called to be there. And a church that has been established in a particular area is called to be there for a purpose. Certainly it can be a or it should be a teaching center where people are going to to find God's word taught and preached and proclaimed and spiritual growth taking place. But there's also, I think, a responsibility for churches and the individuals in those churches really to develop a heart for the people around them. So when you see a church and the individual members of that church, the body of Christ placed within a community. What do you see are a couple of things that a, a church body can be doing?
2: Um, we, we talk about a three prongs, spiritual, which is leading them to Christ. Then after that, social, deal with the social ills within their community because just what's happening within the local church, we have domestic violence, you have women that are abused. Sorry to say, some of them are actually abused by the pastor themselves. We have women that are losing their virtues to some, some pastors. Then economic, how can we create jobs and entrepreneurial opportunities, to help to create businesses now that the people can prosper spiritually, socially, and economically? Paul says, may God preserve you, both spirit, soul, and body. In other words, the three prongs in the kingdom is spiritual, social, and economic. And we talk about teaching the principles of marketing Um, real estate, the Bible talks about Ecclesiastes 11, um, diversify your portfolio eight ways. And so we teach the eight streams of income that the church can use to empower people to become self-sufficient and to not only give a fish, but we want to teach them how to own the lake.
0: Paul Benjamin here on The Intersection. To find out more, you can go to the website, nochildwithoutadad.org. This is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. When you visit, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection Podcast. Also, there are links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as to the iTunes feed. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. And the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, there's a link to video content, including recently added content from the 2021 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Dallas. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Content from the Meeting House program can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast when you visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is the Intersection Podcast, and at NRB 2021 in Dallas, I had the opportunity to talk with filmmaker Stephen Kendrick of the Kendrick Brothers, In our conversation, he discussed two film releases in 2021. One is a documentary consisting of stories of fathers entitled Show Me the Father. Also, there's Courageous Legacy, an updated version of the 2011 film. Here now from that conversation is Stephen Kendrick. This movie, Show Me the Father, it's, as you mentioned, it's the first Kendrick Brothers documentary. Tell me about why you chose to to treat the material in this way and give us an idea about the the concept as far as the subject matter you want to portray.
3: well, it is an emotional roller coaster. We took five of the best fathering stories that we know about. Uh, and God's intervention in those stories. We interwove them with uh, lots of biblical truth about fatherhood. And we do talk a little bit about the stats of fatherlessness and those kind of things, but this is uh, so much more than that. It does feel cinematic when people are sitting and they've already been watching it in the pre-screenings. They're like, this feels like a movie to me totally. And so we we have a professional original score with it. We've got some beautiful cinematography that's connected to it. And there's some twists and turns in these stories. Uh, There there have been some jaw-dropping moments in some of these screenings if people have, have watched these stories unfold. Uh, one of the best responses that ESPN ever had to an NFL story, we're able to incorporate a fuller version of that story as one of the five in this movie. and uh, But we're also able to point out how God was involved with that. If you back up 10 years, uh, when Courageous came out in theaters in 2011, uh, God started doing some amazing things around the world. We're hearing these stories of a thousand police officers in the Philippines coming to Christ, you know, men in Ecuador doing their own resolution in uniform, copying what they saw in the movie. And, uh, and they new ministry was birthed out of that called the fatherhood commission over a hundred fathering ministries from across the nation begin to meet together every year, and it's continuing to go on, uh, to deal with this issue of fatherlessness in the culture, to talk about the fatherhood of God, how the church can minister uh, to people in their fatherhood journey. Some of these stories that are in Show Me the Father came out of the Fatherhood Commission, so it's it's exciting. They're really excited about it, all these ministries, uh, and they're supporting this as well. And then at the end, though, we talk about how God is the perfect Father for all of us. And uh, the word perfect is connected to the fatherhood of God in Scripture uh, repeatedly. And uh, when we discover more about God's love for us as our Father, we don't just relate to Him as a God or a Lord, but Jesus said when you pray to Him, call Him our Father. You know, uh, Speak to Him as a Father. Relate to Him as a Father. Uh, Paul prayed in Ephesians 1 and 3, That He said, I'm praying to the Father from whom all fatherhood on heaven and earth comes from. It comes from Him, that He would open the eyes of your heart to know the width, the length, the depth, the height of His love for you. And so we've been praying that people will have a genuine, powerful, healing encounter with God as they're watching Show Me the Father. And uh, then five weeks later when Courageous comes out, uh, we want to encourage people to take people that you know that have never seen Courageous And let's use this as a way to re-engage dads to to be courageous in their own homes. Uh, But we've also got some bonus stuff, a new ending that we shot where you see the characters 10 years later. And we didn't have to do makeup or digital effects for that. We just just waited 10 years to film it, you know, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, that is awesome. It's called Courageous Legacy,
0: and it's the the 10th anniversary edition. So give us a a little bit of a, a preview. You talk about a new ending, and of course, I would not even ask for any spoilers or whatever, but for those that I know Courageous Followed a number of different storylines. Do we see any additions to those storylines or do we have to wait to go
3: to the theater to know the answer? Well, we uh, we start the movie off by sharing a little bit of the impact stories from around the world that have happened over the last 10 years, so that's fun. And when the movie kicks in, it's, it's newly colored, it's newly edited. There's some parts that are tighter. We took some stuff out. We added in some deleted scenes that people have never seen before that we shot 10 years ago. Uh, and then we have we pick back up. If people remember at the end of Courageous... My brother Alex's character, Adam Mitchell, is standing in uh, and challenging men saying, I will. You know, he's saying, I will. And so we jump then to 10 years later, and you begin to see where these officers are uh, with one another, with their families, with their kids 10 years later. And so it's it's not a long ending, uh, but it's a lot of fun. There's some... There's some funny laugh-out-loud kind of twists that happen with that. Uh, And then we tie a bow on on where these guys have gone. So we're very excited about it. We're excited about uh, people getting to see it at this level of quality, uh, hear what God has done, and enjoy it, hopefully, with a new generation.
0: Stephen Kendrick from NRB 2021 in Dallas here on The Intersection Podcast. You can learn more at com and CourageousTheMovie.com. Finally, on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's the founder and president of live action, Lila Rose, in a conversation at the 2021 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Dallas. In our conversation, she shared her passion for the sanctity of life and the importance of building a culture of life. She's written a book entitled Fighting for Life, Becoming a Force for Change in a Wounded World. From that conversation at NRB, this is Lila Rose now.
4: Well, over the last decade, I all through my 20s traveling the world, I spoke in almost all 50 states and traveling globally. I've just spoke, spoken with probably thousands of women now, especially younger women who say, okay, I want to get involved. You know what can I do to fight for life or you know how did you, how did you know how to get started? You know, how did you know how to start life action? And so I basically wrote 27 lessons. Fighting for Life is a book of 27 lessons for how to get involved and start fighting for the cause that you feel called to because I believe every single one of us, men and women, we have a mission. God has given us, entrusted entrusted us with a mission. And it's up to us to discover that mission and to live it out. And we might get held back though by our own insecurities or obstacles or feeling like we can't do it or it's controversial. And so I wanted to provide the step-by-step from lessons from my own journey for how we can stand up and make the difference we're called to make.
0: Lila Rose joining us today from live action here at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the 2021 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Dallas. And you talk about a broken world, and we realize that when we have this mindset, this activity of people actually taking the lives of human beings in the womb and so many other ways that this brokenness in our world manifests itself... I perceive that you're really, through this book and through what you're doing through the ministry of live action, you're really trying to reach hearts. And you know, obviously, it's important that we're activists against abortion; that we are pro, are, are involved in activity on behalf of life. But there's something within the human heart. There's something, unfortunately, that, well, that motivates people within to have a callousness. Toward human life, so it it sounds like to me that you're really trying to break through that. And comment how abortion really is an expression of the brokenness that we find in this world.
4: Well, I mean, think about it. In a society where a mother can kill her own child. What is left but for you and for I to kill one another? And that's a quote from Mother Teresa, who's one of my heroes. You know, she says, "We basically destroy those bonds of love that are most intimate and most sacred between a mother and her own child, son or daughter." Um, how can our society be a loving or just place? And so, you know, when I started writing Fighting for Life, I started with the lesson of heartbreak. We need to let our hearts break over the injustices and the and just the hurt and devastation in our world today and let that rouse us to action. Because I think it's easy to just stick our heads in the sand or to just get worried and not really uh, you know, do anything because we think we can't. But I think we have to let ourselves feel for the people being hurt, the children being killed, the women being lied to, the, there's just the chaos around us and, and let that heartache inspire us just to do one thing today. You know, what's that one thing you can do today to serve families, to help single moms maybe, or to educate other people, or to educate yourself? And one step at a time, we can rebuild the brokenness, but we have to be willing to step into it. You know, we have to be willing to allow ourselves to be broken too, brokenhearted, so that we can connect with those who are hurting and help them in the end.
0: Mm. And And I was thinking as you were sharing there, Lila, there is the... The indictment that is put upon the pro-life movement, which I do not agree with, but nevertheless people want to characterize pro-life movement, uh, pro-life people, as being just concerned it's just about the baby in the womb. And uh, you, you don't want to see a woman abort her child, but you're not really that concerned once that child is born. What I've found in observing pregnancy resource centers and other pro-life ministries is the, the fact is that Christians, we are given Christ's companion to share with this broken world. So yes, we are concerned about the lives of the unborn, but we're also concerned with the matters of the human heart.
4: And I think we need to keep doing more of that because the world is really hurting. You know, there's one million abused children in the United States every single year. Um, The foster care system needs improvement. There's a lot of hurting families, single moms struggling just to get by. So I think the church needs to rise up more and more to serve and support those struggling in their communities without judgment. And I know many are trying to do that. That's good. We need to keep doing that. The pregnancy center movement is amazing. Mm. The thousands of centers doing that is amazing. Um, But I think it also connects to public policy in our communities. You know, the church, the family, the the NGO, the not-for-profit, they have a role. But local communities should also look out how how can we make sure that working mothers have the financial support they need so they can be with their kids? You know, how do we make sure that um, Christians are fostering and adopting those families and mm-hmm. really helping yep. helping those kids? So really focusing on the care side is an essential part of the pro-life movement.
0: Lila Rose here on The Intersection. You can learn more by visiting her website. It's lilaroseshow.com. Also, you can find out more about Live Action by going to liveaction.org. Well, we are nearing the conclusion of this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast, the weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. There's a link to the Media Center where you can listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the podcast. And there are links to The Intersection Podcast, to The Media Center, as well as to the iTunes feed. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community, and the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, there's a link to video content. Again, you can go to meetinghouseonline.info or visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this edition of The Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.